Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast. We're your hosts, Caitlin Mitchell and Jessica Kanata. If you're looking for ways to bring rigor and engagement to your middle school ELA classroom without sacrificing your nights and weekends, then this podcast is for you. Our goal is to provide you with your weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can actually enjoy teaching again. We'll help you bring the fun and creativity to your ELA lessons so that your students master the standards and you can leave school when the bell rings. Get ready to be that teacher you've always wanted to be to do great work and thrive. All right, teachers, we are going to talk about 10 rinse and repeat activities for any novel. Um, I love having ideas like this because I think sometimes when we're creating our novel units or in the midst of our novel unit, we're like, oh, I don't know what to actually do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yes. So How do I hit those standards. <laughs> yes. So whether you're building a novel unit from the ground up, right from scratch, or you're looking for like a single activity to supplement students learning, we're going to share 10 activities, um, on this episode with you today that are really going to help your students engage in critical thinking in creative ways. So it's, it's more engagement, um, with the rigor, as opposed to just like a rigorous concept. So the activities are meant to be used with any novel. Most can be used with short stories as well, which is great. Um, and all classes are different, right? Every single year, our class is different where, when our students come to us. So you want to make sure to edit these activities as needed in order to accommodate, you know, your students' knowledge, their skills, their interests, all that stuff. And EB teachers club members, you have access to all of these activities inside the club. Um, we have another version actually are like original one from, mm -hmm. I don't know, three years ago, I called, years ago. Yeah. I called started. Jessica one day. I was like, I need 10 different activities that I can do with any novel. Do you know and when you called me actually, I was on vacation in Hawaii. So there was like a three hour difference, but I was up because of the jet lag and it was like four 30 in the morning. And like, I remember serious? us talking about this and I was like, I have some ideas. Let me jot them down right now. Okay. And then, like, that is later hilarious. on, they became a resource. Okay. That's yeah, really funny. That's that when you, they like, started vividly remember oh, when we had this well, conversation. It was four 30 in the morning, literally like <laughs> normally we do not work like that. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Okay. So anyway, so if you're an EB teachers club member, everyone already has access to our original 10 critical mm -hmm. thinking activities. Um, so this is another 10. So essentially you have 20 rinse and repeat activities to use with any novel. And again, if you're not an EB teachers club member, definitely add your name to the priority list. If you go to ebacademics.com forward slash membership, you can do that. And you'll be the first to know when our doors open for new teachers. Okay. Before we explain the activities, I, we don't want you to forget our mantra, right? I already mentioned it earlier, rinsing and repeating your lessons, rinse and repeat these lessons. So using these activities multiple times throughout the year, doesn't just save you time. That is great. Yes. That is one benefit. Another benefit also is that it gives your students the opportunity to improve their skills and better focus on their learning. So when they've done an activity before, they're like, oh yeah, I've got that. Now I can get a little bit better at it. Right. Um, so also this is an activity that you can have ready to go it's a bunch of these, um, that are great sub plans. So you can use some of these activities as sub plans as well. Okay. So let's get started, uh, with some of the first ones we'll go through them one through 10. Let's go. Number one is anticipation stations. So these are perfect for novels, plays, for short stories. And they're really ideal when you need to provide your students with lots of 
background information or ideas to consider in order to truly understand like what the text is going to be about or for them to truly appreciate it. So you might want to give like background information on an author or the time period where the, when the story was written, that kind of stuff. And so what you do is you come up with different stations for the different topics you want your students to cover. And then depending on the lengths of your classes, this might take like one or two days, students rotate around the different stations. They read the information. They might answer a few questions about it, but you're packing in a lot of learning into a little bit of time so that when they go to read the book now, they're like, oh, I've really developed this schema for the book. Like I'm ready. So anticipation stations are the first activity and they're done before you start reading the text. Awesome. Okay. Number, number two. two, I get to do that one too. <laughs> All right. Author interviews. So this activity is really going to help students analyze an author's craft and style. So those are standards you need to cover and it's done in a really creative way and it's an author interview. So basically students are going to write questions for the author of the novel that they've just read. So this is now you've read the book. It's like a culminating activity. So they come up with questions for the author and then they switch papers with someone else in the class and they consider the author's purpose as they respond to the questions. So if Caitlin and I are doing this, we both come up with, let's say five questions, we switch papers and now we pretend we are the author answering those questions. So what you're really focusing on here is like that every word, every piece of punctuation that is in an author or is in a novel, excuse me, that was the author's choice, right? That's what makes up their craft. So students need to come up with questions about sentence structure or word choice or sound devices or mood or whatever it is you're going to focus on. So those examples I just gave, yes, those are craft and style, but it really doesn't like delve into the author's background or their personal experiences and how that shapes the writing. So you could always take this activity deeper if you use that information in an anticipation station earlier on. And now students can come up with questions about that as well. But it's really cool to, you know, have like that fun interview activity with your classmates. Love it. Number three is a book jacket. So here you'll pass out like a book jacket template to each student and direct them to create an illustration on the front that exemplifies the story, right? Along with the title and the author and things like that. And then you'll direct students to create a short one paragraph summary on the back cover, along with one to two sentence blurbs. Um, as students finish, this is the key. Students get to explain their choices by filling out a reflection. So they're not just completing a book jacket, which is seemingly very simple, right? They get to explain in a reflection. That's where like the justification part of their choices comes in, which takes it to a more like analytical, critical thinking level. Um, so that's number three. Number four are chapter titles. I loved this. I did this with um, the house on Mango Street and it's such a great activity. So in this activity, students will create chapter titles in order to identify and explore the key components of a novel. So this activity can be used with a class novel with lit circles or individual reading books. And if you are using, I'm sorry, if the novel you are using does include chapter titles already, which a lot of them do, some of them don't, um, then students will be creating them. A, you know, a, just a different one. Um, I think I said that wrong. If it I does so. not, That's okay. yeah. If it does not include chapter titles already, then students will be creating them. If the novel already has chapter titles, then students will give each chapter a new title. Um, and you can take this, you know, even further students get to explain their reasoning. Mm -hmm. Why, why is that the chapter title? Well, because, well, that's not, you know, that doesn't work. And what I deeper. like about the activity actually that we include in our EB resource with this is like, 
the intention behind chapter titles. Cause I didn't really yeah. like, think about that of like, how does an author really pick them? Are they thematic or is it based on like characters? I don't know. It's very cool. So students learn about that first and then come up with their totally. own. Yeah. Well, that's how, I mean, when we wrote our book, so shameless true. plug for the empowered ELA <laughs> teacher, go check it out. It's a great book, especially for back to school. Um, you know, we, we did that. It was like, okay, what are chapter titles going to be? And the yeah. chapter titles were the, the shape of the book essentially, right you now. Um, cool. All right. The next one, number five is a character backpack. So in this activity, students will analyze a character in a creative way. And this is by decorating, which is what our middle schoolers do to their backpacks anyways, <laughs> um, and filling the backpack of the character. So what's cool about this activity is it requires a basic knowledge of symbolism, of topic, of theme, character traits. So consider reviewing those types of, um, concepts before beginning this activity with your students. And before you begin, you want to decide whether you want to give all students, um, the same character, like the main character from the novel as the focus, or do you want to give students a list of characters to choose from? Um, it's up, totally up to you. And you'll begin the lesson by having a whole class discussion on backpacks and how they can help people to express themselves, right? Even the backpack itself, right? is an expression of self. So talk about the types of things people might use to decorate their backpacks. Maybe a few students will even share some of their own, right? I'm sure they love to like the little things that are whatever attached to the backpacks. All the um, flair. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and how, you know, both the decoration and the backpack and the items inside say something about the backpack's owner. I mean, what does the inside of the backpack look like? If it's mine, it's a disaster just like the inside of my car, but nothing else in my life is like that. I don't know why. Maybe you're like that too. Um, but it, it's telling of, of, of a character, right? So explain to students that they are now going to analyze a character by decorating and filling their backpack. You can use a template of a backpack. Students can decorate it with quotes, symbols, you know, things that represent topics, themes, conflicts, character traits, all that type of jazz. Um, so some things to note about this. If the student's novel has adult characters rather than young characters, you could change the backpack to be something else like a suitcase or whatever, totally up to you. But adults like this one, me, do use backpacks. Um, and if you want to go further with it, you can have students consider perspective by doing this activity twice for different characters. And then you can have students explain you know, how and why the two backpacks are similar and different. So there are a bunch of different routes you can take that particular activity. Great. Okay. Number six, this is a film comparison activity. And I love this because so often, right. There are film versions of the class novels that we read and we want to show our students, but it's almost like we need to have a purpose for it. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is a perfect activity for that. Um, it allows students to view the film with a critical eye. It, they help, um, evaluate the effectiveness of the film. And then they analyze the similarities and the differences to the novel. So you're, what you're going to do is explain to your students that soon, soon, they will be watching a movie version of the novel they've just read. And you're going to write the following questions on the board. What can a book do that a movie cannot? What can a movie do that a book cannot? You're going to have students write down their thoughts first, and then you're going to discuss that as a class and, you know, jot down notes and everything. Then after that, so this is still before they're even watching the movie. They've read the book, but they haven't watched the movie. You're going to give students some preview questions and you can give them like five to 10 minutes to respond. And they're going to make predictions about the film that they're about to view. What scene they predict they'll like the best. What will the main character look like? What scenes from the book won't be included in the movie version, etc. 
And you're gonna have each student, you know, answer those questions, turn to a partner, share their thinking, and then, you know, quickly discuss everything. So then it's time to actually watch the movie. During the movie, what you can have students do is fill out some viewing notes. And this is where they take those same questions that they did in the preview activity, but now they're actually like analyzing the film. Oh, did the character look different than what I predicted? And then what was in the book or, oh, was that scene not included or wait, there's an extra scene. Why was that there? And they're just jotting those things down so that after the film, you can have a really thoughtful discussion. That's a lot more um, critical, analytical than just like, which one was better, the book or the movie? So <laughs> totally. I love this activity. I think yeah. you definitely rinse and repeat this one. Love it. Okay, next one. Caitlin, I hate saying this word. <laughs> hexagonal thinking. Yeah, I mean, right? in my head, hexagonal I still say hexagonal. hexagonal. So before Jessica shares it, we do have a whole episode yes. um, with Betsy talking about hexagonal slash hexagonal, hexagonal. thinking. <laughs> so she'll, she goes way more in depth with it too. Um, but this is just one of the activities that is included in this resource. Yes. So number seven, hexagonal thinking or hexagonal thinking. (laughs) Either way, it's a great method for helping students to think deeply about a text, to make strong connections in their reading, and then to work cooperatively toward greater understanding. So what you're going to do is you're going to give students a bunch of different hexagon shapes, and it's going to be filled out with topics, themes, conflicts, symbols, quotes, and vocabulary words that all relate to the novel that you are either reading or that you just read. So you can do this like as a through activity, if you follow our framework, or you can use this as a beyond activity. And then students are going to arrange these hexagons in a pattern that reveals connections between ideas and in the text. And then once again, it always comes back to this. They're going to write a reflection in which they justify their thinking. They have to create some premises. They have to find evidence from the text and explain why did they put these two particular hexagons together? And in the activity that we include, we don't make them do that for every single hexagon, but we tell them, you know, pick your top three and really like dig deep here. Next activity list poems. This is number eight. So this is a really fun poetry writing activity where students explore the novels, characters, the setting, the descriptions from the book. And in order to write a list poem that shines a light on the story's details. So this is just a really fun, it seems simple, the activity, but I think your students are going to enjoy it and get to use their minds in a creative way. So you're going to explain to students that they're going to create a list poem for the novel that they've just read. And I want to read you a sample stanza from a poem. This is, would be for To Kill a Mockingbird. And it was written by Patricia Abel. Make home is what it's called. Okay. So see what you can pick up on from this poem. A sturdy house with a porch and a swing sits above the ground next to Scout's treehouse, where from inside she can see the school that she hates so much. So you notice there, it's like a description of the setting of Maycomb County, right? From To Kill a Mockingbird. So students are really picking images that stood out for them. And then of course, later on, they will be analyzing why they picked those particular um, phrases or images. So what helps if you're gonna do this activity with your students is you analyze a sample list poem first so that they get a feel for it. And then you brainstorm criteria of what students could include in their own poems before they begin writing. And then some of what students are assessed on are whether the poem lists items from the novel in an intentional and insightful way, meaning like the list doesn't just seem random or disconnected. And then whether or not the poem demonstrates strong comprehension of the novel and its ideas. 
So it's just a fun activity, again, seemingly simple, but it allows students to express themselves in a different way. Next activity, number nine, is called mirrors and windows. I love this activity. This is something different, so pay close attention here. So there are two important experiences that a good novel can provide. They can offer details and ideas that mirror our own experiences and help us see ourselves in the book, right? Those text-to-self connections. And then they can also offer a glimpse through a window into another world, broadening our perspective. So great novels can do both of those, act as mirrors and as windows. So in this activity, students are going to engage in a creative activity in which they get to explore the connections they can make with the class novel or, you know, their independent book or their lit circle book, whatever it is. And then they're also going to consider the details and ideas that are not a part of their experiences, but that they can still learn from. So this is a bit more of a sensitive activity if students are going to, you know, share personal aspects of themselves. So you might want to just tell students, you know, you don't have to share anything that you don't feel comfortable with, you know, pick and choose what you share, or they can keep the work private and just between you and them. So what you'll do is you'll explain to students that they're going to consider two aspects of the novel they've just read, the parts they can personally connect with and the parts they haven't experienced themselves. You're going to explain that both of these are aspects that are important to the novel. They empower us to see ourselves reflected in literature. And then again, they help us broaden our perspectives. So students will write and draw their observations and their connections to the novel. And they'll use two different templates. One is a mirror and one is a window. So they'll make those connections or things that they've learned. They'll explain why they chose them. And again, you get to then dig deeper into who your students are. You get to learn more about them. So a wonderful, wonderful activity that I hope you give a try to. I love that one. Yeah. So cool. All right. Coming into the last one, number 10, this is a novel game. So you're going to help your students have fun with their novel review as they play a game based on the novel that they've just read. So in this activity, students are going to create their own board game super cool, which adds a level to their review of the novel. So they'll create questions around the topics, conflicts, and themes from the text, as well as like action cards. So, you know, like skip two spaces ahead or go back three spaces or whatever, um, that have to do with the plot of the story. So each group switches games with another group to play. And I've done these a million times in my class in the past, and they are so much fun. I love mm-hmm. them. Um, so there you have 10 different rinse and repeat activities for any novel. I'm going to go back and read them all to you. So anticipation stations, author interview, book jacket, chapter titles, character backpack, film comparison, hexagonal thinking, list poems, mirrors and windows, and then a novel game. So these can and should be used more than once during the school year, right? That rinse and repeat concept that we are all about here at EB. And that's going to help your students explain their thinking, um, expand and grow and really help you save time in prepping your lessons, which is a win-win. So again, if you're an EB Teachers Club member, grab this using one of your coupon codes. And if you are not, we'd love to have you join us. Go to ebacademics.com forward slash membership to add your name to our priority list. And you'll be the first to know when we open up for new teachers. All right, you guys have a wonderful rest of your week, um, especially as we head kind of really getting into the school year now, right? August 16th. It's like, it's coming August 23rd, whenever this aired, end of August, end of August. We're in August. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys have a great rest of your week and we will see you next week on the podcast. 
Bye, everybody.